Ionia, you know, is known to be one of the first at the forefront of dealing with the darkened threat. Um, we're going to introduce another group. Uh, or if you've listened to our last episodes, you know Pantheon is also out there doing the Lord's work. And by the Lord, I mean Zoe. And <laughs> Welcome to Casuals of Runeterra, episode 112. I'm your host, Ryan, here with your other host, Hedge. What's up, everybody? Let's get into it. Let's yeah. get stuck in. Yeah, we're, we're doing one of the rare in-person recordings this time, which is always fun. Yeah, we, we had to remind ourselves that we are actually friends. <laughs> <laughs> this is still up for debate. My lawyers are at work. So housekeeping up top. <laughs> you can listen to us everywhere. Email us at podcastcore at gmail.com. Remember, that's C-O-R. Visit us at podcastcore.com for all of our info. Follow us on all the platforms that helps with discoverability. We appreciate it. And then, you know, leave a like or a comment or both. Uh, but word of mouth is how we got this far. So tell one friend to bring about the apocalypse by listening to the casuals of Runeterra podcast. That's right, baby. This show is the doom switch. All right. <laughs> Go ahead and engage it. Let's end it all right here. It, it would be Aatrox that would end our show, wouldn't it be? <laughs> it would be Aatrox. Exactly. Uh, so we've, if you've listened to our previous episodes, which we hope you always do, uh, to keep up to date on where we're going with the story, we've talked about Jax, that brought us to Icathia, we talked about the history of Icathia and gave you some deep dive into that, and naturally that plays into what we're talking about today, so this episode is The Dark Sun, and we're talking about Aatrox, so let's just hop into it and we start off with a spell as usual. Yeah, and the spell for today is going to be Utter Devastation. And I am going to read that because I doubt that anyone who actually plays a game knows what this card does. Uh, so, Utter Devastation is a slow speed, 11 mana spell from Shadow Isles. And its effect is kill all units except allied Darken and allied equipped units. Uh, and one of the reasons that you probably have no idea what this card does is that it's an effect that equipment decks don't want. Um, <laughs> I, so the fact that it is a one-sided board wipe, if your deck's built around it, like that could be very powerful. But in reality, the equipment decks that we've been seeing, they want to be ending the game around turn eight. This is not ending the game. This is just stretching it out. And if you're an equipment deck that needs a board wipe, you're probably lost. Uh, like, that's just how the game is right now. Uh, but, of course, we're going to talk about it because of flavor. Because, as we mentioned before, we've been building up to this kind of episode for a while. And the flavor text of this shows how much work we've been putting in here. Um, so, on the flavor, we got, As she took hold of the weapons, her humanity fled. And in its place, a hateful essence filled the emptying vessel that was once the student, June. It washed through her, over her, around her, and out into the world, stirring the slumbering Darken. Uh, and not only is that just a kind of a window and a look inward as far as what the Darken are and how they work, but, uh, you know, we talked about June in our Master Yi episode, yep. um, uh, as far as like the rebuilding of the Wuju clan. It's going well. <laughs> um, Ionia, you know, is known to be one of the first at the forefront of dealing with the darkened threat. Um, we're going to introduce another group. 
Uh, or if you've listened to our last episodes, you know Pantheon is also out there doing the Lord's work. And by the Lord, I mean Zoe. And <laughs> <laughs> so this fits within that same context, right? We're still we're still on track. We're still on track. Yep, still on track. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is the last time I ne- you'll ever hear about this card because it's just <laughs> not not what you need in that kind of deck. And that takes us to the follower. And since we are talking about the Darken. That makes the followers a lot of fun to talk about because our follower for today is going to be the Darken Ballista. Uh, so with the uh, with the World Ender uh, expansion, we got a lot of different equipments, which was a new effect into the Runeterra game at that time. And then we, when we got the launch of Aatrox, we got a lot of Darken weapons, which are weapons that are living. So the Darken Ballista is one of those weapons that can transform into another weapon uh, or into a follower. And so the weapon itself is a one mana equipment with plus two plus zero. And the only other effect is you may spend eight mana to play me as Naganeka of Zaretta. And Naganeka of Zaretta is a 513 with overwhelm. And at the round end, the strongest enemy and I strike each other. So this is one of those cards that works really well with an Aatrox kind of play style because you want the big guys to be hitting the board and ending the game. And this is one of those ways to drop somebody to end the game because it's got a big old butt. We're talking dumpy seal of approval. And it also acts as removal even after you first played it. But um, of course, we got to talk about the flavor. And this one, since it is two cards in one, we've got two flavor texts to cover, which is awesome for us. Uh, on the front side, we've got the steps of Eastern Valoran. We're known to be barren, unfit to feed or home the Noxi people. But as the centuries fell by, a new empire was founded, hungry for expansion. Fallow lands found new fertility under new farming techniques, and weapons once thought safely buried became uncovered once again. And these are darkened weapons. They're living things. So what happens to the Darkened Ballista when it's getting uncovered? We know about that on the flip side, which is ancient muscles flexed once more. The warrior heard her general's call and knew where she was needed, south, and the lands she once knew as Icathia. Uh, So, yeah, um, don't dig too deep. Like, did we not learn about the, anything from the Mines of Moria? <laughs> or even the True Ice, right? When that melts yep. and what that releases. Like, oh, think no. you don't want old things being introduced back into the new world. Uh, it's just, you're, you're bound to have a bad time. <laughs> yeah, but always a bad time. Oh, just, just be cool on the surface. Let's just be chill. All right, let the dwarves handle the, <laughs> let the dwarves have their depth. Let, leave Lissandra alone with her thralls, all right? <laughs> just leave her down there. So this takes us into Aatrox, right? And our story for Aatrox starts in the ancient times before Sharima was even swallowed by sand. And Aatrox is one of the newly born ascended at this point. And his form at that point, which you've probably seen as a skin in game at, you know, now is golden light for wings and a sparkling armor set. That's like constellations. So similar to what you would expect from Targon, right? And he was the Vanguard at that point of the Shreeman military. He was the, the, you know, the new man on campus uh, leading the charge. And he was well-respected by all ranks at this point. 
I like how he covers like both sides of the celestials of the Diablo. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Just, but but you know we have covered the Ascended a lot on our show, uh, not only in our episodes like Renekton, Azir, Nasus, and um, and Zerath, but we also just covered it in our Jack story uh, with the uh, the unleashing of the Void by Akathia. And it, in that story, we even mentioned that there are Ascended that we haven't seen before. And yeah, Aatrox is an Ascended. Yeah. Uh, just not the one that we know from game. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so one day, uh, Sitaka, <laughs> or how do we want to say it? Do you want to say Sitaka? Is it harder? Yeah, is it more straightforward? It probably is harder, but it's going to be Sitaka. Yeah, like, let's, do, let's do Sitaka. Yeah, okay. like we, it's been a whole weekend of Sitaka. <laughs> so you're not taking this from me. <laughs> so this is the Ascended Warrior Queen from our previous story that we didn't get a name for, right? And there's a description of what she looks like in that. And this is during that battle for Icathia. And she's essentially saying, hey, we need help. Something is going wrong. These Icathians have released this weapon, quote unquote, and Aatrox wastes no time getting there, but he's still a bit too late. Yeah, and uh, we do know as far as covering the Jack story, like just how bad, how badly this goes south for everybody. We're not going to get get too into detail with that in this episode. Go listen to our Jack story if that's something that you want to hear. Uh, well, the Jack's bio and the story that we covered, it's a two-parter, so it's a little bit longer, but that's why you should go listen to it, because we would be here all day if we cover it now. Yeah, and so he's on cleanup duty, right? He essentially shows up, and he's the janitor, and for years, him and the ranks that come with him uh, are trying to clean up. There's other Senate there as well. Uh, they're battling the Void to close some of these more massive rifts uh, to halt his progress of damage throughout Sharima, and this starts to have an effect on them. And this is a reference to the end of the story, what happens to Aximuk, our character, in the previous episode. Uh, And this effort forever changes him and the other ascendants with him. And then when Shirima ultimately falls, because that's the destiny that waits for them, uh, the remaining ascendants lose their purpose and then they begin to fight amongst themselves. So if you remember, if you go back to our Renekton episodes and our Azir episodes and... You know, you see the conflict that arises when they no longer have something to do because they are, quote unquote, immortal. It's kind of similar to that. Right. We're getting that. This is foreshadowing that event uh, in the future. And this forces the mortals to escape because you can't hang around while gods fight. We've gone over this. <laughs> you need to leave. How many ruinations are we at now? Like, like, yeah, just get out. Just get away. It's not a good idea. But we do, we know from like our Renekton story that uh, for a lot of these Ascended, they don't really hold on to their mortality or at least that mortal thinking very well. Specifically, Renekton lost it pretty damn quick yeah. uh, compared to the other Ascended. And this is just the fate that was left for all the Ascended when Sharima fell. And um, so for Aatrox, this is a, he's going to be okay, right? No, no, absolutely (laughs) not. And this is how we get the name that we know now from the people because the PR campaign fails and they start referring to them as the Darken. They are no longer Sunborn. They are no longer the Ascended. They are Darken. And then Targon gets involved. So, (laughs) so, Aspect of Twilight at this point, Zoe uh, decides to give the mortals information on how to trap these beings into something. And this is something we see across, you know, Hetch already referenced Diablo 
um, where you can't kill something, so your only other option is to imprison it and hope nobody stumbles across it, which they always do. So they take that route. And Zoe tells them how. She gives them the knowledge to trap, the darken, and the aspect of war, which at this point is Pantheon. Listen to our Pantheon story to get some more insight on how that happened. Uh, he becomes the beacon that leads them into these battles uh, to take down the darken and then entrap them in weapons. And for Aatrox specifically, what happens to him is he gets deceived, right? He has a tendency, and this is a personality trait we see, uh, to get wrapped up in battle and lose focus. And here he gets deceived and he gets locked into his sword, which he's been carrying around forever, which takes a strike at his pride. Yeah, and uh, for our longtime listeners, you'll recognize as far as his fate for Aatrox as the battle uh, between Aatrox and Pantheon that he fought with the Raharak and do it for a Sose. They did it. They did it. They succeeded. They put Aatrox in his own sword. Um, and But, you know, as we just mentioned, and we don't even have to look at outside media to compare it to, because like with Renekton and Zerath, who were imprisoned to save the rest of Sharima from Zerath, yeah. um, they're always found. The prison is always found. <laughs> And so now we're just going to keep reading to figure out how Aatrox is found. We do it for the content. That's, that's, the, that's how it works. So the weapon becomes his prison, and he's only his only out is finding a host to possess, right? And he doesn't like this approach. He used to be a free being to be himself. And over many, many years, he goes possessing one mortal after another, draining their life force, which is making him stronger, but never strong enough to break his prison. So during this time, he tries to seek a way to gain freedom, and then that's when he's like, I can't see a way out of my special situation, and the depression begins. And, and this is very interesting because we it's at this point in the story that we get to learn more about Aatrox as when he was in Ascended, that he was very much more geared towards martial prowess, yeah. which makes sense since he was, you know, kind of losing himself in battle and he's carrying around a sword at all times, and that's ultimately his prison. But it's within this time, like w some of the stories that we've covered before on this channel, where the timeline kind of gets skewed or it gets really long, and we don't know exactly how long. But since he's able to hold on to his consciousness, he's able to expand his repertoire into some magics too. Yeah. And that's how he's able to kind of extend himself out from the sword to take over the minds of mortals. But even though he's learning these new ways, these new powers to control, he still can't get out. And that's why he's now like, oh, okay, I'm entering my emo phase now. Because <laughs> uh, like, if I can't get out of this prison, then everyone should be suffering. If I'm going to suffer, we're all going to suffer. Yeah, and the funny thing about how he sees this path he's now been sent down, this path, path of despair, um, he sees this as an injustice that he's experiencing. And then he comes to that ultimate solution of, quote here, if he could not destroy the blade or free himself, then he would embrace oblivion instead. And this leads to his continuous goal of trying to drive all of creation towards the final apocalypse so he and the blade can, quote, cease to exist. Yeah, and I, I mean, like, 
I, I don't know, like, because this is definitely, like, someone who's going insane. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, he's lost So, it. like, I, I think, I think like, if I was kind of in that point, too, that it's like, you know, maybe, maybe, yeah, I would want it to stop, too. But this is definitely extreme, especially since it's beginning from a point of this is an injustice. I went around slaughtering <laughs> thousands of civilians for power, and then they put me in a sword? How dare they? Yeah, it feeds into the imperialist mindset that we talk about so often where the conqueror thinks that they're in the right right um they're on the right side of history <laughs> no. and when you have that instilled in one of your lead warriors because remember he wasn't one of the old guard he was a new guy we talked about Axmuk, right like yeah. ax was the new guy and he was very um entrenched in it already entrenched in the glory and atrox was at that point when he started losing his sanity. <laughs> so he was already starting at a handicap. Oh, no. Now I'm just envisioning Aatrox as like the white savior. Right? <laughs> oh, no. So that's where our story ends. Let's talk about the card because there's a lot on the card as well. <laughs> there's a lot on so this we'll card. So we'll keep it simple with what the card does. Right, and so then that... we'll hop into the flavor that's on it because right. it reinforces what we talked about. So Aatrox is a six cost, five, five with origin so he's not a, he doesn't have a specific region in the game and origin is the world ender and he has an auto equipped ability which is the darken blade so when i'm summoned or strike heal your nexus too and create a world ender in hand if you don't have one and to level up you have to play world ender yeah, and World Ender is a 16 mana <laughs> slow yeah. speed spell. And the spell is I cost one less for each time an equipped or darkened ally has struck this game. Assimilate allied followers equipped with darken. And the assimilate is essentially just like fusion mode. I right? just envision uh, the good old Dragon Ball Z Gotenks. <laughs> that, that's assimilate essentially, but um, in short terms. But the that makes sense because his uh, travel ability, the World Ender, is that you may play Darken from anywhere into your deck, uh, as long as Aatrox is in your starting deck. And uh, once he flips, uh, he gets scary. The flip side is a becomes a nine nine with Overwhelm, auto equip the Darken Blade. Uh, the Darken Blade being plus one plus one and regenerate. All right, so you better kill him in one shot. And from that point, Darken allies cost five less. When I'm summoned or strike, kill your Nexus by two. So this is kind of like the same vein as uh, Nautilus, where if he flips, it's kind of game over because they're going to dump their hand and it's all going to be really scary crap. <laughs> and you're yeah. dead. That's just how this works. Yeah. And then the flavor that goes along with this. Uh, so I'm going to go over three cards, which is the front, the back, and then World Ender itself. Because World Ender kind of wraps this all up in a neat little bow about his madness. So <laughs> on the front side, we have, even across continents, Aatrox felt her awakening. How the hatred still burned, he had already broken her statues. Now he could wage, wage a final war against the coward of Acathia. And through destroying her and this pitiful existence. And what? Wait, through? Uh, yeah. Fuck that up. No, no, you read it right. I think it's just written wrong. <laughs> yeah. I noticed that this specific chunk of mm -hmm. text is a bit tough because them referring to Icathia as her 
but then the commas aren't right. <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. okay, they're bouncing back and forth and it throws it off. Essentially, yeah. when he came to deal with the Icathia situation, um, ignoring, you know, zillion free, freezing time and all that, um, he had no respect for it as a place that they had to reconquer, right? Right. So he pitied them. He wasn't a great guy. I think we've established that. I mean, I, <laughs> at like the beginning. The, well, the Ascended were very loyal to the Empire. Yeah. All right. And if there's any Star Wars fans out there, the loyalist of the Empire in that, like the ones that are hardcore loyal, all right, picture that in your head and then turn them into like 20 foot monsters. Yeah. And you've got the Ascended. Okay. That's the mindset that we kind of have here. And he's not necessarily wrong for not respecting Icathia because it was a conquered region yeah. that had, they took away their entire military. And then it's like, oh, well, you're having trouble with a rebellion from this, one of the smallest sectors of our empire? Yeah. Yeah. What's wrong with y'all? Yeah. So yeah, of course he's going to be like, yeah, this, this is no problem. And then he gets there and realizes that they nuked it. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it when that happens. <laughs> So on the flip side, we have a shift in pace because this is, okay, now uh, Shreema has fallen. This is them battling each other and having fights and spouts, right? It says, the battle gathered pace. Zelani had finally found the courage to face him. And as the two ancient enemies warred, the terrain itself began to wither and bend beneath their fury. Pause. We've had that mentioned many times whenever you're fighting an ascendant. Yes. The land around you suffers. And then the finish of this is an army of celestials descended upon them, desperate to save the dying land. But it was too late. Aatrox would have his day. He would find his peace. This is a very important concept here. Yes. Uh, like, and I specifically, I've mentioned this before on the show because I love that world too. Uh, this is kind of similar to um, the chaos god Nurgle from Warhammer. Where, like, Nurgle is all about death and decay and pestilence, but the god itself is, believes him, himself as a lover and someone that preserves yeah. life, all right? So it's like, no, I'm going to make sure everything has a chance to live, including the bacteria and parasites that's killing you. Yeah. Uh, whereas with Aatrox, it's like, I'm going to bring peace, and there will be peace if everyone's dead. <laughs> <laughs> So that that's and, but this is at the point where we have the combination of him being ascended and running into the void because we saw from our Jack story the void rips away who you are yeah. from the fabric of reality and time. So there's no way that he's going to be fighting void monsters and get away unscathed and he already has something that's decaying his mental state. Yeah. And that's what he's breaking down to now is that it's like I must preserve peace there and Humans are at war. Yeah. Get rid of the humans. Yep. Makes sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on board. And that's when Hedge bought the timeshare. God damn it. So on. Oh, go ahead. I'm going to be on a beach in Icathia. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> what Icathia? <laughs> so to wrap it up, the final card we want to talk about is the world ender. So the quote on that is peace, peace through war peace through death, peace through oblivion. And that's where we end. Yeah, so um, so Aatrox is a, is a rough character, but this is this is why we took so much time to build up to him, because this it is a lot of cataclysmic events that lead to one of the ascended 
becoming a extremely large threat to Runeterra, which is really impressive when you think about it, since we've already covered the the crap that she that uh, Viego has caused yeah. in the Blessed Isles, yep. and then the wrath of the void that Acathia has wrought upon the world, and then Lysandra basically prepping a void level, you know, Armageddon yeah. up in the north. And we still have somebody that is out in the open being a major problem, yeah. getting essentially gods involved in on it. Yeah. And so that, uh, we had to cover all of that to really bring into scope how this could happen. Yeah. yeah. This is like season eight type stuff. It really is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that wraps it up. And as always, thanks for listening. And we'll be back soon with the next episode. Yeah. Take care, everybody.